Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Um, today I want to talk about uh, one of our core values. We've got, uh, as a church, we hold to three uh, values that... that uh, are just really important. Now, you might say, hey, well, you know, our value is prayer. Our value is getting together. Uh, those are, um, <laughs> uh, you can't call yourself a church if you don't have those. Uh, you, at least you shouldn't. Uh, you know, if you don't believe in prayer, it's probably not a church. Uh, you know, it might be a club. Uh, if you don't believe in uh, the Bible, you're probably not a church. Uh, you know, so uh, we're not talking about those things that make us a church. We're talking about things that just make us unique as a C3 church in our community. Uh, there's a lot of great churches in Vernon. And we're very thankful for them, but we also believe that, that God's called us as C3 Church into a unique place in this community yeah. and in this valley because we've really got a heart for our whole region with our locations in Kelowna yeah. and also in Revelstoke and who knows where our next location will be, but there'll be one soon. And uh, I'm just putting that out there for you to get shaking and scared already because we know what it's like to start a new location. But, you know, there's a lot of people in our valley that just need what God has uniquely placed us to help bring. Um, a few years ago, before we started here in Vernon, uh, we were having a uh, church conference in um, Silver Star. And uh, some of you might remember that. We were in Silver Star. And uh, partway during the weekend, I asked everybody to stand up who had never been in any other church in their whole life. And uh, there was about a hundred and some of us there that day, and about half the people stood up. And then I said, how many of you had stopped going to church? And the only reason you came back to church is because you discovered C3 Church, our church. And uh, all but about five people stood up. And, and I realized in that moment that sometimes we feel like we don't have a unique thing to offer, but God's called every one of us into a unique place, not just as a church, but as individuals. Nobody else lives where you live. Nobody else works where you work. Nobody else has the experience that you have. And so you are uniquely placed uh, by God to do things in your world that nobody else can do. And it's exactly the same with church. Yeah. And so when we talk about these values that make us, we're not bragging on something. We're just saying, hey, these are some things that kind of make us a little unique. And these are some things that, that, that make us us. And, uh, and part of the reason we say that is because we get a lot of visitors. We get a lot of people coming to church. And someone's like, hey, you know what? I, I'm not sure if I fit. And that's okay because you'll fit somewhere. But uh, if you understand that this is who we are, then... Uh, we're able to uh, um, know where you fit, know where you fit. So we've talked about a couple. We talked about planted. Uh, Pastor Kimberly did a great job of that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we uh, talked about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, man, we, we just love the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk about this, this third core value, and it's what we call the honest journey. Everybody say that with me, the honest journey. All right, so the honest journey, and I actually do have some notes. I'm not freelancing the whole time. Uh, the honest journey is, is the way we describe as a church, the way we describe the tension between grace and authenticity in the context of spiritual growth and formation in our faith community. There is a, there's a tension between growth and formation. There's a tension between grace and authenticity. How much grace... So when we talk about grace, it's kind of, we mean that it's, it's kind of that 
forgiveness and that it's okay to be who you are. One of the things that you may discover about a church when you're here for a while is you discover that uh, we don't get upset with people who are openly sinning. It doesn't bother us. You can come. It doesn't bother us if people are involved in things where, you know, where it just, you come and say, well, how come, how can you let them come into your church? Say, so, well, where, how else are they going to find Jesus if they don't come to church? Right. So uh, there's something that, that you might hear us say from time to time. We, we believe it's important to belong. Maybe even before you believe. And maybe after you believe, then we can start talking about behaving. See, I think what happens a lot of times, and uh, we're, we're just trying to really kind of hear God's heart on this, is a lot of times we go, hey, when you come to church, we expect you to be perfect. Wow. You know, I, uh, I grew up in a church, and uh, my parents, uh, thank God for the church I grew up in. I got a great foundation. But there was this sense, I always had this sense that when I came to church on Sunday that, that everybody was kind of putting on a face. Yeah. And, and it's always bothered me because I, it the idea of putting on a face and being somebody different on Sunday than you were the rest of the week is just, I don't know, it's hypocritical. And if we behave hypocritically here, we actually encourage people to behave hypocritically. Because if I can't be honest and if I'm not honest about who I am from the platform, it's going to be really hard for us here together in community to be honest with each other. And one thing I know about honesty about who we are is we can't grow in those areas we hide. All right? When we hide who we are, we never grow because growth happens when we're open and when we're authentic about who we are so that we can grow because then it can be challenged and we can, and we can increase on that thing. But there's a tension. There's a tension between that grace that says, hey, you're here, and this other thing, this growth, right? This growth, this whole thing that... You know, so we say it's honest. We've got this honest honesty we're authentic we believe we're, we're not deceitful about who we are but yet we're still committed to growth right. a few years ago i heard my wife uh preach and uh she expressed it this way when she talked about growth she said there's a difference you know how you can tell the difference between a lamb or a sheep and a and a pig other than the obvious things I mean, I don't think any of us are, you know, really having a problem identifying this is a pig and this is, uh, you know, a sheep. I think if we put it up on the screen, we get, you know, one of these things is not like the other. That's a lamb and that's a, that's a pig. We, we get that. But you know when they really, really see the difference? is If you drop a lamb or a sheep, you put them in a mud puddle. Or you put a pig in a mud puddle. They react entirely differently. Sheep don't want to be dirty. They want to get out of there as fast as they can. They don't want to be a pig. Goes, I'm at home now. <laughs> right? Like, let me root around in here. Let me make some mess. You know, I, I, I like the dirt. And, and it's, it's interesting that God calls us lambs, not pigs. Right? Because we're not supposed to want to stay dirty. Right? So we're committed to growing, even though we're honest and say, yeah, I'm kind of dirty, but I don't want to be here. Right? I want to grow in that. So that's, that's kind of just overall, that's, that's just a bit of the kind of tension that we have in that. I, I, want, to, I want to talk about grace. I want, to, I want to do something here. And I need some help. Let's see. Who can I pick on today? Uh, I need some particular kind of people. I'm just looking here. Particular, particular. I, I, I think Ryan will be one. 
<laughs> Erickson's hiding. Ryan, Ryan, come up here. And uh, uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, oh, come on. Kurt, come on up here. Curtis, come on up here. All right. Uh, I, I, know, I know that you know what this is. This is an exercise band, right? Wrong. This is Grace. Meet Grace. This is Grace. I want you to hold on to Grace. Uh, just like, not like I am. There you go. Come on. Kurt, get, get the other side here, okay? There you go. Now stretch it out a little bit. It's got a little bit of room to go. You can get careful. Don't break it. Not yet. Not yet. That's, that's important. Not yet. Okay, right. Here, here. So let, just let's think about this for a minute, okay? Ryan and Kurt are, are walking that direction. Okay, all, turn around walk that direction. Hang on to Grace. Grace is what connects you. Okay, Grace is what connects you. Now, when Ryan stops, what happens? Grace stretches. Okay, but the point of being connected is that even though the grace stretches, you're still trying to pull him along. We're still trying to go together, right? Now, the reality of that is, is if, if Ryan stopped here and said, I'm not moving, grace will stretch for so long. Now, I'm not going to ask you to demonstrate this part of it because I'm afraid somebody get hurt, but, but grace is there. And Kurt can walk a little bit, as long as Ryan's holding on here, and it's going to stretch, but eventually it's going to break. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that grace is eternal. It never says that grace is unlimited. You can, you can check that out when you go home, but it never says it. Thank you, guys. Ryan, stay here, please. I need, no, I need somebody else. I just, there's, a, there's another little side of this. Gertie, can you come up here? Can you help me? Yeah, Gertie, come on. Yes, you. Yes, yes. She said, she's, I didn't expect to get picked in church today. <laughs> here we go. Now, I, I, have, I have some more grace here, but, but actually this grace is a little bit more flexible. And, and the reason, can you hang on? The, the reason that grace is a little bit more flexible is because grace is, it, it, Gertie's a little younger, and she's not as strong. Right? It's not a... I, I, you're, you're strong for who you are, but compared to Ryan, they're not strength. So, so Grace actually stretches a whole lot more when there is a weaker... Now, here's what happens, and we have to be really careful of, is if Ryan says, I'm going to go real quick, that, that Grace is going to pull Gertie over. You know, even though it stretches, it's going to, if he's going like this and say, come along, it's, 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 what's going to happen? She's going to, <laughs> there you go. She's going to eventually, if that's going to, she's going to fall. Yeah. Ever heard of something in the Bible where it talks about weaker brothers and sisters? It's talking about the grace. Thank you, too. Give them, that, give them a round of applause, all three of them. All right. So, so grace, we've got to understand, grace is a tension. It's a tension that we hold to other people. It's how we move as a community. It's grace. It's a journey, right? Don't forget, it's a journey. So journey is how we move. Honesty is that, is that thing that says, hey, you know, I am who I am, and I'm, I'm growing. I'm coming along. But the moment we stop, there's different consequences or different results depending on our level of maturity. Right? So... You know, I'd like to say this. Here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm a rules person. I love rules. Well, I shouldn't say I love rules. I, I love other people keeping rules. 
I'll be honest. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it really bothers me when other people break rules. And <laughs> some of you, right? So for me, I, I'd, I'd love to be able to just say this simple thing in church and say, this is how our church works, three strikes and you're out. Because that's easy. Right? That's so simple. That's clear. Everybody understands. We know, yeah, I'm coming today and, you know, I'm two and a half strikes on this one. If I go a little, I'm out and I know I'm out and it's it. We, we know that. It's all clear. Problem is grace is not like that. I had a professor when I was in college years ago, and Bible college professor, and, and I remember talking to him and saying, hey, what's, you know, I, I don't get the grace thing, and, you know, I grew up in a church where we, we weren't allowed to go out on Sundays. We had to have a nap Sunday afternoon, and we couldn't do any work, and, you know, couldn't, you know, it sounds like heaven now, but as a kid, it was terrible. <laughs> and um, now that I think about it, it sounds great, but, uh, you know, as a kid, I was like, this is the worst thing in the world, you know, I can't go out, we can't do this, because... Sunday, and I was so bothered by that legalism. You know, you can't do that. And, and I remember talking to this professor. He says, it's way easier to live by laws than it is by grace. Yeah. It's way easier, you know, clear. But here's what happens. Then we hide. Then we hide our failures, right? So that's why our honesty doesn't happen. There's a, there's a story, and you're wondering, when are we going to get to the Bible? We're there. Okay, there's a story in Acts. Uh, I'm hoping we have that, uh, Sean. Is it, have we got the Acts passage in there? So I kind of added it last minute last week. Okay, it's not there. There's a story, there's a story in the book of Acts about a couple. Their name is Ananias and Sapphira. Everybody say Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira. So Ananias and Sapphira, uh, they were new believers. They had just come into relationship with Jesus. They were part of the community. And the thing that was going on in the community, church community, faith community at that time, is they were so excited about what was going on and, and loving each other that they started selling all their properties and just all of them together, living on them. It's not communism. It's just what they were doing. And uh, it didn't last a long time because it's not a sustainable model. But they were, they were living in community. And so it, it says, uh, in, in Acts, it says this one guy by the name of uh, uh, Barnabas sold his property and gave it to everybody. And then it says this couple, they kind of had this discussion. And they, before they, they had some property, and they said, hey, let's uh, sell this property, give it to the church. And as they were talking, they went, you know what? Um, market's pretty good in Vernon right now. Uh, we made a lot of money. Well, we shouldn't give all that away. We should probably keep a little bit for ourselves. So they decided to do that. But when they brought it to the apostles, when they brought it to the church, they represented it. They represented that they had, they were giving everything they had. They represented it falsely. Now, I think there's a big warning in this for us being honest about who we are and what we're doing. Because Ananias, and I don't know why they were coming separately, but Ananias shows up at church, and Peter, now, if you got a problem, I don't want to deal with Peter, but Peter's there, and he says, he says, Ananias, did you give this much money, or did you sell your property for this much? And he said, yes. And he said, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? You didn't sell it for that. You sold it for more. You kept it. You've, you've decided to do this. You haven't lied to us. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. See, when we put on a face on Sunday, we're actually not lying to the community. We're lying to the Holy Spirit, which is why it's so much harder to grow in that environment. So Ananias drops dead. 
I'm not suggesting it's going to happen, but I'm not saying it couldn't, just as a warning. But so his wife rocks up a little bit later, and, and, and Peter, same question. Did you uh, sell it for this much money? Why did you lie? Drops dead. Uh, you know, and they just carry her out and bury her and get, you know, the whole thing. That's the story. Terrible story. But it does say something about being honest. I remember a few years ago when I first started talking in church and talking in RC3 church and talking about um, being honest and being the same on Sunday as you were on Wednesday. And you've probably heard this if you've been around a little bit. I, I, I use the expression, I said, look, if you can tell a joke on Wednesday in the lunchroom, you should be able to tell that Sunday in the foyer. And uh, so we got committed to that. I made some really interesting jokes on Sunday. But uh, the, 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 the fact is, there, there's, this, there's this thing about let's be consistent, let's be honest as we work through this. So this, this whole idea uh, of being honest and a journey, that's the tension. Okay? That's the tension. So here's, here's three things. Let me walk you through now three things that I think are really, really necessary that we do, we commit ourselves to, if we're going to walk an honest journey together, there's three things we have to commit to. The first thing is we have to commit to being honest. Now, I don't like that. And, and I'll tell you why, because as a pastor, I, I feel like I, I need to be more perfect than everybody, so you've got an example to follow. And so I wrestle with that. Okay? So... Yet I have to be committed to honesty. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, showing off how bad I am. If some of you grew up in church, I grew up in church, and we used to, when I was like 13, 14 years of age, we used to have all these guest speakers in who had gotten saved from being in the Hells Angels, and they'd been drug addicts, and all these kinds of things. They'd been in their life, and now they got saved, and they had all this thing. And I was 13, I grew up in church, and I didn't, I never did anything really bad. I was the oldest child, super responsible. I didn't, you know, I, I, I grew up in church. I did all the right things. I were rule follower, and I was just so devastated by all those people sharing those things, and I went, I don't have a testimony. So I started smoking for a whole month. Right? That's not what we're trying to produce. The crazy thing is, you know, this is, I should be, ter- I don't know if anybody's smokers. I, uh, the only cigarette I smoke, Craven Menthol. Yeah, I still get a craving. Believe it or not, it's still, every time I smell it, I go, oh, I'd like that. It's terrible. Right? I'm, I'm not smoking. Just say it's safe, you know. But what I'm saying is that it, we got we to be careful in our honesty that it's not braggadocia. Right? We're not bragging about things. We're being honest for the purpose of growth, not to prove how graceful we are. Right? We have people in our church, not in every location, but in our church who are struggling with same-sex attraction. We have people in our church who are uh, working through um, the whole issue of sex outside of marriage. We have people working through gluttony. We have people who are struggling with lying. We have people who are maybe dealing with financial integrity. Some of those things are more obvious and some of those are less obvious. We're not bragging about it. We're saying you can come because we're growing together. Yes, we're right? there's, a, there's an aspect of honesty that's really important. First, first John chapter 1, verse 8, he says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Right? When we, we say, hey, I don't have any sin. I'm, 
you know, when we put, when we portray that we're better than everybody else, that we've got this together, we're actually deceiving ourselves. And I think in, by implication is we limit our growth when we do that. Because yeah. we can't grow past the things we hide. We can't grow past that. So, so there's this whole, whole side there. But again, let me just say, it's the honesty without boasting. Here's, here's this thing that James says, and this is really, uh, really challenging. He says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. I think, I think James kind of understood the honest journey. Don't boast about it, but don't hide it. So there's that tension of grace too, right? Like, there's that, like grace, this honesty is a tension. I, I'm honest, but I'm not boasting. Look at how bad I was this week. I can go to your church because... I, I remember somebody saying, who misunderstood this, uh, saying in our church one time, it was, a, it was a woman at our church, she had a foster daughter, or a daughter she'd adopted, who said she wanted to stop going to church, which she did, but her mom relayed this conversation later. She said, you know what, your church, they don't care. I could show up naked in your church and nobody would say something. I don't want to boast on that. I mean, it might be, you know, I'm not sure what that would do for the reputation or the crowd, but anyway. Um, you know, we, we, we wouldn't boast on, we, we don't boast on the sin in here, but we don't hide it. That's a, it's, that's a tough one. Right? It's a tough one. And, and here's, and can I be upfront and honest with you and say this? Sometimes we're going to make mistakes about that. In fact, lots of times we're going to make mistakes about that. Sometimes we're going to seemingly celebrate some things that we really didn't mean to. And, and, and sometimes we're going to have to come back and say, hey, you know, that, that we, we didn't mean to seem to indicate that we were supporting that. We we're supporting that person in growth. We weren't supporting that kind of activity. Right? Sometimes we have to do that because we make mistakes in all that as we walk on this journey. But as long as we keep honest in it, in that journey, we're, we're going to get growth, right? Because, again, what's the purpose? To be conformed to the image of Jesus. We've got to be growing in that. So, so honesty. So let's make a, let's make a commitment uh, to be honest. Second thing, if we're going to be in an honest journey, is that if we're honest, we need to be challenged. So... Here's, as pastor, here's, here's where I get a little bothered, is if somebody can sit in our community for a long time and never feel challenged about some things that are obvious in their life. Right? I, I want them always to be free to go. And again, here's this tension. You're feeling okay in this sin that you do, or you're not... It's, it's tension. It, this, you, you feel like I can keep doing this. I can keep showing up church at church even though I'm still doing this and not feel like I'm being condemned, but I'm being challenged. That, that, the, the difference between feeling judged and condemned and being challenged is so hair thin. It, it is just so hair thin. Because we feel, uh, because so many of us read everybody else's response through our own grid of experience. If you feel like you've always been judged, I can't help it, but you will feel judged when you come here. We're not judging you, but you might feel that. 
Are you hearing me? Are you with me today? Is this making sense? Like, is this real? So, right, so we're, we're wrestling with that. I, I don't want you to feel judged. I want you to feel challenged. I, I want you to feel like you can get past that. I want you to feel like you can grow and become more like Jesus. I don't want you to feel condemned or judged because the difference between being criticized and being challenged is when I'm criticized, it's your fault. Right? I criticize you. It's just up to you. But when I challenge you, that is an implicit invitation to walk with me. Right? Boy, we walk together in that. In, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, you've probably heard this verse before. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Um, you know what happens when a knife gets sharpened, when you get one of those diamond blades, you, do this, you get sparks. If you're feeling sparked once in a while in church, that's a good thing. If you're, if you're feeling angry in church once in a while, that's a good thing. Uh, if you're feeling uncomfortable in church once in a while, that's a good thing. If you're feeling really, really frustrated in church sometimes, that's a good thing. Because something is challenging you. right? And if, and if you're not feeling challenged, I'm more concerned if you're not feeling challenged than if you're still working through sin. With me? You know what I'm saying? Again, I'll come back to this. If sinners can't come to church, where can they go? How can we grow? We have to come here. And I use the term sinners just because it's a, you know, a generic. Okay? I wouldn't normally use that term except in church. <laughs> right? So, the, so this, this aspect of being challenged. Now, i got to say this, too is that if you're committed to the honest journey, you will welcome being challenged, not hide from being challenged. So you will put yourself in positions where people can see you because you know they're going to disagree. I don't grow if everybody around me has empathy for me. All of you mercy people, sorry. I, I don't grow just because somebody's merciful to me, just because somebody empathizes with me. I grow because somebody says, I, I love you enough that I need to tell you this is hurting you. But we don't do that without an invitation. Okay, you know, right? So we're not, we're not developing a culture that goes, every, you come in here, people are going to just tell you what's wrong with you. No. If you invite that, in that relationship, Yes challenge. It doesn't say, you know, it's interesting because this proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, not one community sharpens people. It's a personal one-on-one -on -one thing. Right? You, met, you know, I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with somebody in church who uh, deals, with, deals with a sin. It's an obvious thing. And, and when we were talking, they said, you know, I, I feel convicted in church all the time. It hasn't stopped them from coming to church. I was so glad for that. But it hasn't motivated them to grow past it quite yet, and I'm bothered by that. You know what I'm saying? Honesty has to challenge. Has to challenge. Third thing, third thing, the last thing is this. In Ephesians chapter 4, here's what, here's what Paul writes to the Ephesian church in chapter 4, verse 15. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. Everybody say grow. grow. 
we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Catch that word, the mature body. Remember when I had the, the different uh, uh, exercise bands here? How easy it was to pull over the weaker sister, the weaker sister, the one who wasn't just as mature, easier to go. What's Paul saying? He's saying, I want this grace to flex until and as you become more mature. More mature. We can't, if, if somebody after 10 years were still stretching that grace so long, then there's not a maturity happening. It's not that we're still not giving grace. It's just that not, it's not growing. Honesty without growth is not conforming into the image of Christ. So we have to, still in that, still in that, that we have to be growing. So, so what's the criteria for our honest journey? We're honest, but we're challenged because we're committed to grow. Let me put it this way. If, if you make a decision at some point in time in your life, in some point in your Christian journey, and you're in this church, and you go, say, I, I don't want to grow, you will probably start feeling very uncomfortable and feel like you don't fit after a while. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you may be very blatant about some of the things, the sin that you do or some of the things that you've gone through in your life. That may be so obvious to everybody, but you will be completely welcome and, and feel at home here being honest as long as you're committed to grow. Is that okay? Okay. I just feel like it's so important that we communicate that, that value. And again, let me give you just, just as I conclude, which I think I'm way over. No, I'm still got time counting down. That's great. I never get to the end of a message and still have time. That's awesome. And, but I, I, I grew up in church, and I love the church. But I found myself increasingly discouraged when I would see people who had been in church, looked up to, and suddenly we decide, we discover this secret life. Well, and it's not supposed to be that way. And so when it came down to it, if I had to, and I, if I had to sacrifice a good image for good growth, let's sacrifice the good image for good growth. So that we become, see, it, I don't want to look like I've arrived when I haven't. Because if I look like I have arrived when I haven't, I stop moving. But as long as I'm honest, right? And I, and I would see that all the time as I was growing up as a kid and, and even pastored. See, people, they, they felt like they had to look a certain way to be in church. I'll tell you one last story and I'm done. I, I met a gentleman when we were, had only one location, we had one location in Revelstoke, and years before, his wife had come to our church, but he didn't come to our church. And I, I went to visit him. He's an older gentleman. He's in the 80s at that time. And, and he said to me, and I think this is what people think about church. He said, I said, why don't you come to church? He said, well, if I came to church, I, I'm sure the building would be struck by lightning. So I don't think you're that good, but anyway. Uh, I said, why would you think that? He said, well, I drink a little whiskey. Really? Like, that's keeping you away from church? A little whiskey? Maybe a lot would keep you away. 
only because you weren't sober enough to get here, but you know, I mean, they just, a little whiskey. See, there's a lot of things that people keep, keep people away from church. It's like, I, I wouldn't fit in there. Dear God, please. If you can't fit here, you'll never fit anywhere. Right? I, I, I believe in messy church because we're all on this journey. If you've been here in one of our communion services, you know that we don't serve people. The reason we don't serve people is because we value the journey of walking towards what God has. It's actually not, a, it's not accidental. We don't have orderly lines to get communion because growth is messy. Family's messy. And it's all those things we celebrate. Say, well, it's different. It's, it's what makes us us. It's what I believe God has put on us. It gives us a very unique role in the Christian community here in Vernon, Kelowna, Revelstoke, and other places where we go. Because there's people that will never find Jesus if we don't show up on our honest journey. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca. Thank you.